Harper, I love that you you woke up from a nap to do this. I like. I think that's. Uh... <laughs> I was only half napping. Me and Nico were playing uh, The Last of Us. We were shooting zombies. So. Okay. It's on nice. brand, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the zombies—they'll be there. They'll be there when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> it's always more zombies. Yeah, that's the great thing about zombies. There's, there's another one coming down down the road. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah, so, uh, just prepare to. Y'all don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 497, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we got uh, a couple things to discuss. Uh, number one, Karis LeVert. Uh, we're going to discuss what the Pacers are going to do until he returns. Uh, I guess some stats of the week and some undegoogables. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the birthplace of Dave Chappelle, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, <laughs> Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Unbeatables? Uh, rare Tuesday pod here. So, uh... Yeah, it's going to be strange. Strange things are going to happen. <laughs> From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, what is up, Undebeatables? It's Thirsty Tuesday? No, it's still Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. It's both somehow. The magic of radio. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's beer. <laughs> you've already named the pod <laughs> i like to get my homework done early when i'm on vacation right. now you can take a break <laughs> and uh yeah from an undisclosed vacation location that's our enforcer john harper what is going on fellas great to see you guys thanks for the show on sunday mm-hmm uh, before we get into the show, we'd like to remind you, this show is brought to you by you. Uh, if you head over to patreon.com slash undebeatables for as little as a dollar a month, you can support us uh, and help help keep us going. Appreciate everyone who's done that so far. Again, patreon.com slash undebeatables. Um, the first news topic, that well, this came today... Um, Karis Levert, um, it's official. He underwent surgery, uh, and it turns out it was renal cell carcinoma, uh, so cancerous mm. growth on his left kidney. Uh, they say no further treatment is necessary, so the uh, the growth has been removed. So that's good news. Um, they expected to think a full recovery, but there it is. Absolutely no uh, timetable for um, for return. Um, so the health the health news is great. Um, you know he, he should be good. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that part's fantastic. So, but yeah. you know the health is of course number one. So, um, good job, doctors. Good, yeah, right. good job. Um, so that I means it's, I mean, it's good they found this now before you know it's a growth. Yes. It's gonna get bigger and and uh, glad that uh, glad that's uh, taken care of. Um, it does leave the Pacers, you know, sort of. I mean, said the same spot they've been in the last. You know, a few weeks, but you know, it's still no no timetable to to return. Um, so the team's a bit shorthanded. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit more about like, you know, this is a little bit more information. Um, and Harper, you you weren't able to make the 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 previous show. Um, you know, 
what do you sort of have for uh, lineup changes um, that, or, or whatever method you have to to um, shore up the team until? No, it has to be lineup changes. It has to be that Harbor. <laughs> more more so stoke less carrot. That's my answer to everything. <laughs> Looking for your analysis on uh, how the Pacers can uh, uh, shore up their team until till he's back because he's a good no. talent. You know, we miss him Stop on the floor. Stop coddling the millennials. That's the everything. Darn kids! It's all the all the all the guys want to work from home now. It's, I don't, basketball <laughs> just doesn't work like that. No, I mean, I think you guys are right, you know, reaching deeper into the bench, um, you know, and, and giving these guys a shot to play and uh, finding out what works. Guys are uh, need a chance to be on the floor and showcase what they can do. And we don't know who's going to work best with Karras on some level um, once he's back in the lineup. Certainly good to have Jeremy Lamb back, give us a little bit, a little bit of depth. Um, but... I mean, mostly for this team, it's more of the same. Just continue to learn new Nate's system, um, try and figure out, you know, what we're doing and just get a little better every night, which we just haven't seen thus far in this season, unfortunately. Um, so hopefully we can kind of, you know, right the ship and just create some consistency, even if that is through, you know, changing who's playing what when. Um that doesn't mean it can't translate into consistency on the floor. I, I, you know, I think the guys are not making the kind of, you know, exponential leaps uh, in the system that we were hoping that we'd make. So, um, play some D, play some D, be good. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be especially hard for Coach uh, Nunate here to implement anything. I doubt there's much practice time. You know, with the schedule being as jam packed as it is. Um, and with guys, you know, out or dinged up, like you're not going to want to run them super hard anyway when you do practice. So that's a yeah. So the practice is coming on the floor, basically. I guess yeah, like out, out in real floor in the film room. That's all you get. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it also seems like they're um, kind of changing what they're doing every night. So it's hard to sort of um, see it building upon itself. You know, it's uh, it's not like they're uh, the repetition of a single defensive skill showing some improvement because we're showing off a different defensive scheme every night. You know I mean? It, it's, um, you know, part of it is the scheme itself. I think that keeps us from improving on doing this. You know, when it was, when it was old Nate, when it was McMillan, you did the same thing night in and night out. Your goal was to, you know, dig down, stay in front of your guy, play harder than the, the other team. And that's going to get you to, you know, 45 wins. Um, but this seems to be like let's just throw a bunch of stuff at the at the wall and see what sticks. And even if it does stick, we're gonna throw something else at the wall tomorrow. Maybe we are learning stuff. It's just it's kind of a scattershot approach to how we are learning it. And maybe three months from now it'll all come together, or maybe we'll just never have learned a skill at the end of the year. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sort of hoping for for well, not the never learning, but I'm hoping for the uh, <laughs> sort of the, where, where things will like sort of coalesce later on where you're sort of like taking, you know, taking things away, you know, taking an aspect here, an aspect there, and then, um, you know, put it all together. I feel like that's difficult to do, but I mean, I don't know, man, like it's, it's been a weird, you know, it's been a weird year, you know, 12 months. Um, yeah, I don't know what you can, you can, how much better you're going to do than that, you know, with the, with the, you know, trades and, and injuries and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, compressed season, it's it's going to be difficult for to get much consistency. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And I mean, I think like traditionally you would expect a coach in to yeah come in and, and put his base offense and base defense in and then slowly flesh out from that. Uh, but I think Bjorken's attitude is, look, you guys can handle it. Like, you guys are... The, the cream of the crop as far as basketball players go on the planet earth so uh here's a bunch of stuff um, i expect you to do it and i expect you to do it well right and that can seem i think like a very difficult task but i think it's also maybe beneficial in the long run or at least like you know harper you always talk about establishing a, a culture of winning and a culture of 
of high expectations and accountability, right? And I think that's, you know, sort of what this is at some level. He's like, you know, I want everybody to be ready to play every night because depending on the situation, I might need to, you know, run that, you know, inverted one, three, one press or something like that. Like, who knows? <laughs> it's like, remember that thing we talked about in practice, you know, that one time, like, you got to know your playbook. So, um, yeah, it could be good. I don't know. My my worry still remains, and I hate, um, I mean, I like being right, but I hate when I'm right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> so we saw in that Toronto game that um, uh, Sabonis went down with an injury. I mean, it was sort of a, a fluky kind of thing, I guess. He knocked knees with Kyle Lowry, I think it was. And, it was Lowry, yeah. Yeah, who always seems to be in the way. Um, and... You know, what What I had talked about on our previous pod was that I was afraid that, you know, Sabonis and Brogdon logging all these minutes is going to end up causing an injury at some point. And then once one of those guys goes down, like we're in in, in real dire straits. So um, hopefully that doesn't happen. And hopefully, you know, the guys that ended up stepping in in that game, you know, Goga played some good minutes and... Sumner put in some good minutes, you know, like we were saying. When these guys get on the floor, they perform. So they just need more opportunity. Speaking of uh, Sabonis, uh, we had the uh, the stat I shared with you guys after uh, the episode. You know, Jason had mentioned that Sabonis is playing too much. Um, this advanced uh, tracker as far as how many miles uh, people run, uh, players run during games. Uh, Debonis Sabonis is leading the league uh, with 2.85 miles per game, um, and he's the only uh, non-guard in range at all of this, and he would be the first center to ever lead the league in, in the uh, distance run. Yeah, that's too much for the big man, especially with a guy who's had, had uh, some f- foot injuries during the bubble time. So I know that he knocked some knees. It, it, it sounds like it's not, you know, uh, major injury. There's nothing structural, but I'm glad he got a break the second half of the night. The uh, um, the game against Toronto, the, the last game against Toronto, uh, Charlie posted this. This is the first game uh, in NBA history that uh, for Miles Turner that he put up 25 plus points, six plus blocks, three plus steals, and four three pointers in a game. That's cool. Shout out. It's a very niche stat, but uh, you know. You just in general, I think just six six blocks and four three pointers is not and it's not normal yeah, output for any, you, not from anybody. You know, I think that's where <laughs> the impressiveness comes from. But I, there was a post game interview uh, with with him, and um, you know he was saying, and Colson, you know, you sort of mentioned this a couple of times, but he, you know, he's just you know out there fighting. Um, but he, he was saying they, they told him, you know, at least where he was during the recovery process from the, the last injury he had was that he couldn't do any more damage. It would just be painful, you know, it could be painful at times. So he said, you know, this is my job. Like I, you know, my job was to go out there and play. And if I'm not going to do any more damage, then he's like, I'm play through pain. I'm a professional. Like, so, so I, I, you know, I, I am concerned, you know, if players go out there and hurt themselves more, but I mean, if there's no risk of injury, then you know, I, I applaud him uh, for doing that. So uh, and he's been playing great, you know, just, you know, he's doing all that work on, you know, with extra pain that he didn't have before. So that's, that's a good sign. He's, I'm happy with him now. Yeah. He's been an absolute force, you know, he's averaging 4.1 blocks a game, which is like almost a block and a half more per game than the person in second place in the league, which is, which is just nuts to think about. So, uh, yeah. Good on you, Miles Turner. Yeah, I think there was only um, there's only four guys in the league right now averaging um, at least a block and a steal. And I think the other guys on the list are like uh, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, uh, he's put himself in uh, some elite company. Oh, I think Mitchell Robinson's on that list too, but he's been playing great. So, hmm. so. yeah, I was going to ask Colson. So I, we didn't even say the score from the game, and I don't know it. It's one twenty-six to something, right? <laughs> that was a super impressive game. I mean, the way that we closed 
that game out was the the impressive thing to me. I was super worried on the second night of a back to back, um, with you know those frontline guys playing such heavy minutes on on Sunday that uh, we would peter out down the stretch. But it, the opposite was true. I thought those guys stepped up and uh, made plays, and you know were super active defensively. And um, boy, Brogdon just redeemed himself a hundred and. 15% from his performance on Sunday. Like, I forget what his line was, but he, he had a lot of points. Yeah, uh, 30, 36, 9, uh, 36, uh, 7 rebounds, 9 assists. There you go. Uh, I mean, you know, he was good in Sunday's game. He just couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. Um, I thought, you know, he's just he's just been really, really effective. But, yeah, no, I, I this is one of those games where just kind of everybody steps up. You know, we had talked about on the Sunday show, well, I guess Monday show, um, you know, can we see a, a little bit more minutes from the bench? You know, in this game, uh, Bataze gets 12 minutes. We hadn't seen him in a long time. He gets 10 points in 12 minutes. Uh, Aaron Holiday goes from his 10 minutes in the previous game to 26 minutes in this game and has 10 really important points. You know, TJ McConnell with uh, nine points five rebounds, nine assists in 29 minutes. Sumner got himself nine minutes. Uh, Sabonis, of course, goes down with an injury, um, stopped his double-double streak uh, at 16. But, you know, as you mentioned, Turner totally stepped up, uh, had a great game. And, um, I, you know, I just felt like this is one of those games where you just get everybody to, to show up and contribute. And, and that's what we needed after you know, playing eight guys into the ground on Sunday night, you know, and the next day they got to come out and play. Let's, 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 uh, let's do this as a team. And, and we looked like we had more energy in the fourth quarter. There. <laughs> and Lowry got ejected too. Uh, that was amusing for me. Always good. <laughs> yeah. So you done panicking then Colson? all fixed? Uh, yeah, I mean, on some level, no, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, We've discussed this before, but uh, the panic button uh, rests in in Joey's shoulder, uh, in his in his uh, arm, and uh, I haven't seen Joey in a long time, and so I think maybe the separation from the actual physical panic button um, allows me to to stay more calm. I think so. I don't have to just hit it all the time, or caress it, or rub it, or stroke it, or whatever I have to do with Joey's shoulder. We really need a more robust HR department, don't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little concerned that, uh, you know, instead of, you know, th- th- that is one option. What you're saying is sort of becoming, um, uh, you know, comfortable with, with your, your panic. Um, but <laughs> you could also be repressing it. Um, mm-hmm. And that could, uh, you know, express itself in, in negative ways. Um, and I want to advise against that. Uh, well, you know, I, I if you need say- to come over to punch me, then... <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I'm willing to take one for the team. I'll hit you back, but no, I mean, I, I look, um, I think that we probably still have, um, I mean, yeah, some of the things that I, I thought was the problem was that we weren't playing our guys enough. Uh, we were, and we were running our good players into the ground. And if, if new Nate's going to actually play this longer rotation, I'm fine. He, he, he started this season saying we're going to experiment a lot with stuff on the floor. We're also going to experiment with lineups. And so I was fine with him experimenting with, with stuff on the floor. I just was frustrated that he wasn't experimenting with lineups. And, uh, you know, part of that's been with injury. You know, he's had to put a bunch of bench guys into the starting lineup, but I think that was been my frustration. And, and, you know, I think even Jason, you mentioned it in, in Monday's show. You're okay with an occasional loss if we're trying something new. Um, you know, as long as it's going to benefit us in the long run. I get bummed out when, like we had talked about, it, but like when when some of these players, like Goga and and uh, you know Edmund Sumner, when these guys aren't seeing the floor like for long, you know, too long. I mean, I think they have. I think these guys are are probably rotation players, um, and they should, you know. Uh, you know, across the league, and I, they should see the floor. You know, Goga. I mean, I don't know. Both of those guys, they're both young. Um, those two in particular are, are both young, and um, you know, if they don't get the playing time, then we're not going to get to see what what they're capable of. Um, I just want more Aaron Holiday all the time. I think I do get bummed if he doesn't play enough. I think I start to take it out on on uh, new Nate. Also, I is Jeremy Lamb just like the new version of 
of like Jalen Rose. Like, I feel like he's out there doing like a bunch of good stuff, but then he's also driving into traffic with no plan or not passing the ball enough. But then he also just like can't miss from the range. Like, I feel like maybe he's the modern Jalen Rose. Like, he's likable, but also you're frustrated with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's going to be his his MO. But I think I think more so that comes just that's just rust. I mean, that's having not mm. played NBA basketball for you know, okay. 12 to 15 months or whatever it's been. Um, so so are you saying that Jalen Rose played his entire career as though he hadn't played his game and <laughs> played a game in 12 months? Come on, you're being too harsh on Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a beast. Um, he, he just tried to make things happen, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he, he wanted to give the people what they want mm. wanted. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I forget what you were saying. Uh, oh, yeah. T- taking a loss for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is it worth it to take a loss? Yeah. 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 So in my mind, yeah, I think, you know, I'm always the fan of the team. As long as I feel like my team went out there and gave full effort and, you know, played smart basketball and and did the things, put themselves in a, a position to win, um, then I'm I'm fine with that performance. Right. And if that means, yeah, like I said on on Monday's show, if that means that Goga gets 12 minutes instead of 10 or whatever, um, but, you know, we we lost a few points in that that stretch, then and we end up losing the game. Like, it, 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 I'm not going to be mad about it. As long as it wasn't, like, obvious that, like, Goga was just playing like shit and they just left him out there just to leave him out there. Like, that's not smart either, right? Like, you know, <clears throat> you got to you know, make good decisions. Like that's, that's true too. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I was going to ask Harper if, um, if he's willing to continue to be a fan of this team, if it doesn't win every game the rest of the season, <laughs> if we don't win out. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. under no. advisement. <laughs> it's off the table. Uh, so has anybody listened to, uh, to new Nate in an interview yet? Actually, uh, no. Yeah, I think I'd listened to his introductory press conference. Yeah, but yeah. Since then, no. so I gotta say that I, I'm I'm already annoyed at him. Um, I really like him, and he's really he's really he says all the right things to the point that it's like it's annoying, right? So like he was being interviewed by uh, Mark Boyle the other day, and uh, Mark says. You know, uh, you know, you're you're a new coach to this team. Is there any specific player on this team that really has surprised you? You know, that really just like you didn't you didn't know what you were getting into. You know, and and he's you know, he's exceeded your expectation or whatever. And you know, his answer is, oh, all the guys. You know, every guy, every single guy. You know, and it's like every answer is just like that. He's like, this is the smartest uh, team, the best team. Uh, the the nicest team he's just not telling me anything anymore already and we're like what how long has he been our coach like a month and already i know nothing about what he thinks about anything and i know that that part of that is because he's super positive and he, i think he probably does believe a lot of that but also he's also not interested in creating any turmoil in the locker room about putting a guy above another guy but like i'm just exhausted by it already so I love you, Nate. You're you're you know you're doing a great job as a coach, but like you need to work on your interview, buddy. Yeah, yeah miss, positivity is that. really bringing down Colson. <laughs> <laughs> your positivity is killing me right now. Uh, I miss I miss the coaches uh, sowing a bunch of discontent in the locker room. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not what yeah. I mean. You know what just, I mean. Well, and he's got a scapegoat now. Oladipo is gone. He could just throw Oladipo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. blame it. That's what everything you do. Blame else. everything on the old guys. At least ride that for like two, three weeks. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of, of Victor Oladipo, I, I did not realize this, so I'm going to shout him out. Uh, he took out a, a full page ad in the Indianapolis Star on in a newspaper, which apparently people actually still get and read. Um, and it was nice of him to think of the old people that do that. Um, yeah. He sent a <laughs> shout out. A, a thanks to all 400 people. Yeah, people that still get the paper. Yeah. 
Uh, it says, uh, as I stand at the beginning of a new chapter in my career, I wanted to tell you that I will never forget the love, passion, support, and encouragement I received from the people of Indianapolis and all the great business and personal relationships I have built there and throughout the Hoosier state of Indiana. Hashtag forever a Hoosier. Mm. Yeah. So Ch- shout out supporting nice. local news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah shout out. And shout out for the mixed messages of of doing a print ad but putting a hashtag on it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that for? There's a uh, bunch of old people saying he knows those are not numbers after the number sign, right? That's uh, <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, have you guys heard Karis the Bird be interviewed yet? Not no. As a okay, so this is yeah. So so I feel like he's like the better version of New Nate. Because he's like super positive, but like it doesn't seem like he's trying to cover his ass with his positivity. Like he's just like so genuine. You also, sow some distrust in the locker room with his positivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just right. a little bit. You know, to, are you to, trying to sow some dis- <laughs> some discord in the locker room? What's going on here? No, no. You're um, like, I think I think Karis Levert should take over as player coach. And we should get rid of this new name. <laughs> uh, he just it could not be. I mean. Look, every every NBA player now is polished. They know the right things to say, but he just seems a little less polished than than uh, you know, say like a Victor. Um, and uh, he just seems like a really happy young kid. He seems super excited to be here, and uh, I'm all in on uh, Karis Levert. Less polished in a good way, right? Yes, I mean, I mean, less polished. Less uh, less focused on on making sure his brand, mm-hmm. uh, less PR value focused. is as high as possible. And I guess, you know, I mean, I guess Nate's uh, new Nate's all about his brand. I guess that's the issue, right? It's all about just not feeling the authenticity of new Nate. <laughs> Maybe oh. Karis's brand is hashtag off brand, right? Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Some next level. I like it. I'm trying to figure out what coach new Nate's uh, brand is. If Oladipo was feathery, is he, uh, I don't know what is baldy. <laughs> shiny. It is very, his head is very shiny. <laughs> All right. I know he listens, right. so I don't want to. Yeah. Know, no, yeah, he clearly listens, and he and and he responds uh, uh, when we ask him to do some things. So we appreciate you, Nate. Yeah. Um, we, don't take this too hard, but yeah. fix your interviews. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> We're supposed to wait at least two months before we alienate the new coach. We talked yeah. about this. <laughs> we did talk about this. So what? So Colson, I do was, want. It was the preseason. You meeting. weren't you weren't here to enforce. It, it got right. off the rails. You're you're on vacation, just relaxing back there, and I'm off the rails. Colson, I want some notes. Like, w- 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 I need some specifics. You're telling what you don't want from Nate. I, like, you saying that you want his his interviews to be like you know sort of like gritty and like you know uh, you know soulful or you know what are you looking for? You know, if somebody asked you about a specific player, go ahead and answer the question about that specific player instead of saying, all of my children are my favorites, because you know that's a freaking lie. Man, you know it's a lie. <laughs> Look, only child, what do you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was the best one. I can. I know that. <laughs> and the worst. Those of you that had brothers and sisters, you don't know and will never know. <laughs> but know that your parents had favorites. And you probably weren't them. <laughs> so we'll just set you up with new Nate to, to coach him with that interview style that you've showcased for us here today. <laughs> should go swimming. With. <laughs> All right, Tim, I think it's time for a break. Um, since we're giving so much unsolicited advice. Um, and I'm not mad that we're doing it. I'm mad that we're doing it for free. We need to get a yeah. fee structure in place before we uh, go any further. <laughs> Um, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in the second half with my stat of the week and some onto Google Bulls.
We are back from the break. First thing I want to talk about in the second half here is my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week! This week, we're bringing up our old friend and number one in Colson's favorite player list, Reggie Miller. Reggie, 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 Reggie. So, if you've not seen the news, Reggie Miller has been bumped to number three in the all-time three-pointers made category. He was number two for a long time, and Steph Curry knocked him down a peg, uh, surpassing uh, Mr. Miller. Uh, Reggie had 25-60 total. Uh, Steph Curry is uh, 25-69 as of recording. Um, Curry's just been on a tear. Uh, there's there's a lot of metrics. Um, uh, I mean, the, the two head-to-head... Um, Curry is shooting his uh, three-point percentage over his career is is forty-point one percent. Reggie's is thirty-nine, so actually not a big difference there. You know, the big the big difference is is volume. Yeah. Um, uh, Curry has has played far far fewer games, um, and so actually the totals here are uh, Reggie played eighteen years. <laughs> he played. Uh, 1,389 regular season games. Um, and Curry has passed him in 715 career games. Wow. In his, in his 12th, 12th season. Um, so he, he's 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 a better shooter than Reggie. Um, I mean, he had like 400 in a season, right? Like Reggie was never even close to that. Yeah. So there is a, a non-zero chance that Steph Curry might end up with twice as many three-point <laughs> field goals made yeah. as Reggie Miller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that would be, he would have to go nuts for, you know, the rest of his career, but so it's not likely, but that's crazy. Yeah, next up is uh, Ray Allen's at 29.73, and yeah. the projection puts him at sometime next season to, to catch uh, Ray. But, uh, I mean. The way that he pours it in, we can probably count it in minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're Steph Curry and you can shoot from 30 feet. 40 like, feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a long time. Yeah, exactly. You can stay in the league for a while, man. Yeah, you can like, just like Sam hang Perkins out was in the court. league for 20 <laughs> years. Going from two-point line to three-point line. Exactly. Yeah. He only has to And that was before yeah. we even knew that three-pointers were worth anything. <laughs> yeah. He's actually only going to be within 10 feet of the half-court line at any yeah. given point at during the game, right? right. Yeah, exactly. Just stay. And you still uh, got to respect him. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you still got to get out there. And put go. a man on him at the logo, like all the time. There was a soccer player um, that uh, was legendary in in, uh, in where I grew up playing on the on the uh, indoor league. But it was like, no, it was like the father of one of the players, like that I uh, that I knew. But he his dad was a. Um, I think a professional player in Mexico. Um, and he was basically like that, you know, at, at that, at that level. But like he, uh, basically hung out near the midfield line and he had this huge beer belly. Um, but he was the best player on the field. He just wasn't going to run anywhere. And so he just kind of <laughs> hung out in this and he would just like, if you were open he would get you the ball. Um, but he wasn't going anywhere, but you didn't need to. No, we got to do deliver it wherever he needed to put it. Yeah, he'll put it on your foot. Don't worry about that. Yeah. You do the running. I'll stand here. <laughs> I'll be at the bar. It's good work if you can get it. Um, also of note, uh, number four on the list, Kyle Corver. You know, he's been, you know, kind of moving around a little bit last couple of years. Uh, the Kyle Corver watches, he has not retired yet, but he has not signed anywhere. So he was on the Bucks last season. Um, he is at 2450, so he's at a uh, let's see 110 behind Reggie. Um, not looking likely uh, if it, I mean, if he gets picked up for the end of the season, he's going to put in some, you'd think, but uh, he's going to need another, another year or so. So, Reggie looking locked in number three, but James Harden is, is uh, not far behind. 
at number five. Yeah. And Maybe. Clay Thompson, if he can get healthy, is going to be crawling mm-hmm. up that list pretty darn quick, too. Yeah. Right. Also, Damian Lillard's number 16 all time. It's low. I mean, but he's still he's still going quite strong. Yes. He's he'll he'll, he'll make some strides. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So Colson, does that bump uh, Reggie down on the on the top twenty five for you? It it does not. It does not. Does it put Curry on your top twenty five? Uh no. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know how fluid the list was. Yeah, I do like some Steph Curry. So we mentioned James Harden, and I forgot to ask you this. I, I tweeted it at some point, but okay. So James Harden was, uh, you know, basically the reason that you did not like the the Houston Rockets, and even referred to them as the Boston Rockets, right? Despite you know an amazing mascot and Clutch the Bear, and uh, right. you know, wonderful history with Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, sure, Rudy Tomdanovich, sure. Uh, are the Houston Rockets still the boost in Rockets or since uh, James Harden has moved to the Nets, are they now the Buchlin Nets? <laughs> well played, sir. And yes, make it. It's done. Done and done. Booking yeah. that. Booking yeah. that. Buchlin Nets. I like it. Get your, um, get your T-shirts. Get your T-shirts now. Um, but you know, I like Victor and so I'm going to start kind of rooting for the, for the Rockets. They're your second favorite team now. No, didn't say that, <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to root for them to do well. They're right behind the Clippers. Cause you know, Paul George. Yeah, of course. Of course. Cause you love Paul George. God. So much. You just won't shut up about how much you All like Paul George. All I do is George. talk about him. Yeah. We have to cut just, so much of the show just because of the Paul George stuff. And then he just sends unsolicited voice memos like to your voicemail. <laughs> <sighs> Move on. <laughs> There's all that fan fiction I've been writing about Paul George. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good it work. So it's some of your best. But, yeah. <laughs> some of it's erotic, too, yeah. Oh... <laughs> Uh, that reminds me, I don't know. Uh, it probably shouldn't. So, uh, yeah. Did you guys, did you guys see, uh, uh, Jamal Murray, uh, punched, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. in the, the dick. Did you guys see this? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So this is one of the reasons, um, I love the internet because there was a ton of, of puns. Um, Jamal, uh, uh, Murray was uh, given a technical foul. I think he might have been ejected um, for an excessive blow to the head. <laughs> um, oh, there, there was, of course, the other side that would have been that didn't think it was a foul. It wasn't a foul. It was all ball. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but really, it was it was just a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Shout out, Internet. I love the Internet. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. <laughs> uh, I think the last thing we got for you is an undegoogable. Oh, we doing undegoogables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. We said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Colson, uh, you know what? I, you know, I, I had a quick one, and and and, uh, yeah. I, and stop me if we've heard this one before. Um, <laughs> do, do we ever talk about what? What's a wheelhouse? Hmm. Mm. Mm. You know, the phrase is like, it's not in my wheelhouse. Um, it's something that you're, you know, that you're good at already. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not my, everyone, you know, most people know what that means, but I don't, I don't, what the heck is a wheelhouse? The only thing I could think of, and I'll preemptively strike here is, is like the, like, um, like a manufacturing, like, you know, I'm thinking like 1800s, like a, uh, um, um, water wheel kind of thing 
right? Like mm-hmm. the, those sort of um, if you had you like know, a windmill a, type of action, right? Yeah, you you would put your your manufacturing, you know, your your facility like right next to a river or a stream or something, oh, so and you like have a wheel that would mill. Yeah, yeah, but like I don't know. That's all I got. So yeah, and how did the idea how did, would be that somehow that wheel would have been inside of a house or something like that? Maybe or like I mean, inside a building. And that's the wheel. that's why I'm here. I don't or, know. Or maybe you just like people would refer that uh, you know that that mill as the oh that's the old wheelhouse. You know the house with the wheel on it. Maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah. What were those? train stations called that had the floors that would turn to mm. to to realign tracks so they could uh move trains to different tracks were those wheelhouses mm. that i don't know i've never seen that before i've heard of that really. i've seen those was it covered like or is it out in the open like is it in a building or the ones that i've seen would be were covered yeah okay i mean like that there was definitely one in like chicago back in the stockyard days right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure there's and, one in baltimore like you know and so all the tracks are on a big movable it's like a turntable kind of thing circle. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. and you would just turn right. it to, to to direct the trains right yeah okay so, so that, I agree with you, but I also that, still that don't have a clue. And that would be, yeah, that would be, because that would be like the epicenter of the train yard, right? So it would be like one would, perhaps. Like right in my wheelhouse, yeah. I think it's just like, yeah. Yep. Perfectly centered, like uh, at the crux of what I do. Um, yeah, that, or is it a place where you store your wheels? Like... Your, uh, would that be a barn where you keep your wagon wheels? I was thinking, you know, trains or, um, I don't know, buses or something like that. I don't know. It's like, like the, the hub. hub. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, so I, for some reason, I was associated it with. Uh, with uh, boxing. Hmm. Okay. Is there a wheelhouse punch? You thinking of roundhouse? There's a roundhouse kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was That's always thinking like, this is your, um, you're putting your like face right in my wheelhouse or whatever. <laughs> because, yeah. because you're steering a wheel. <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, remember, remind me it. to fight you later. I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like this is, you know, it's right up my alley. This is the thing that I do bet you're, you're making this really easy on me. Right. But I always thought of it as boxing, a boxing metaphor. I don't know why. See, I always okay. thought of it as a baseball term. Like, home run, kind of like, like in the a... wheelhouse, like that's like where you want to hit the ball. Right. That's your sweet yeah. spot. Right. And mm-hmm. the swinging motion is sort of a circular thing. Sure. Like a half circle, but I don't yeah. actually think it's from there. Yeah, do they call? So now that I've doubted that, it definitely is from baseball. It's definitely baseball. <laughs> uh, do they do they call the the strike zone the wheelhouse? They've got all kinds of down mainstream. They've got tons of idioms for that stuff, right? Yeah, like, baseball you could just go on for days. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of downtime in baseball <laughs> for those announcers <laughs> to make stuff up. Yeah, exactly. So, when do we think this phrase started, like uh, coming around into to parlance? Maybe that will help us narrow narrow on to a origin. How much? Uh, how much uh, wheelhouse is in Shakespeare? I yeah, mean, this interestingly, seems... I don't know that I've ever read it in a literary format. Oh, interesting. But you yeah, know, it feels very twentieth like... century to me. Okay. I mean, we've we invented the wheel a long time ago. Yeah, um, I guess many many. We also invented the house a long time ago. Oh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I mean, I don't know how long it took us to invent the house that held wheels, uh, but I'm assuming shortly after the house. <laughs> comes the wheelhouse. Yeah. At some point, you got to start experimenting, putting wheels in houses, you know. Yeah, right. yeah obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this could this be a military thing? Um, okay, like, um, is there a like? Could that be a turret or something? Could could that be a could yeah, there be a wheelhouse and something like that? Or in a tank? Or yeah. To, yeah, like turning the crank to move the the cannon or something like that. Or possible. I've definitely never heard that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. This is a good one, Joey. Yeah, yeah well, a, I mean, I it was so quick and... we're 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 basically trying to get to the idea that it, that it's it's um that's very uh, you know it's very easy for me to deal with this because it's in my wheelhouse. Like, what where where are we? You know, does does the ease of it make anything? You know. Change anything? Like control, right? You control the thing in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I wonder if that helps us at all. Maybe not. Like, like, um, mm. sort of automation, you know, something like that. Like, um, could this be a, um, yeah, is it like gears, like the main gears of whatever? Yeah, it's the it's the, the housing of the of the gears, but they don't say uh, it's right in my gear house. <laughs> no, but the, the yeah, yeah. wheels. Yeah, no, I like this. I wonder if this is like a it's assembly line term or something like that. All right, so let's go uh, turn of the century. I'm finding I'm finding many yeah. different uh, answers here. Oh, no. Um, and, and we hit a lot of them. Um, <laughs> so one of them is definitely baseball. Like, it's the batter's power zone, like, where, where they're able to hit. And that seems to be where the term has taken popularity from. Uh, but another another um, definition is uh, uh, basically, like, where you pilot a boat from. It is the mm. little, small little house uh, where, where you can Oh, uh, okay. It's got the, yeah. you know, the... That one uh, makes the most sense. Yeah. But then there's other ones where where it's like, um, um, Colson, you mentioned boxing as well. There's one uh, what wheelhouse is referred to as like the reach, you know, where where they're able to get hit. Um, okay. And it seems like um, one was very literal. It was like where you would keep the wagon wheels or cartwheels, like out by the barn, you know, like or. Um, But it seems like there's a lot. I'm finding lots of different uh, sort of things, and they're they're kind of all over the place. It's it's kind of interesting. Like they're all of these <clears> things <throat> are are known as the wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm also uh, seeing um, not, not in addition to boating, you know, being like where you turn the wheel to steer the ship, but also the the paddle. That's what I'm uh, saying. Uh, like a steam, steam the side wheel paddle boat. Yeah. yeah. Goes on the side. There's actually apparently housing around that that is literally called the wheelhouse. I mean, at one point we had a wheel in water in this discussion, so I'm gonna give it to us. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. <clears throat> Says uh Mark Twain uh uses the phrase quite often. So apparently there's there's where we need to be in the literary. I did read it. I just didn't remember it. Right. Um. Cool. Good work. Yeah, it was a good one. All right. Sweet. You got you guys want to do one more or or, uh, good for the evening? I'm good. I actually probably should should get to bouncing. I'm good. Okay. I'm happy with that. Um, Colson, we can uh, come back to yours next time. Oh, I've got, I've got, you know, 
they're all just waiting in uh, uh, as long as in you guys the, keep coming up with yeah exactly they're all in the hopper good <laughs> check out an old episode to, to figure out what that means um well good that that should wrap it up for this week uh we will be back with you on monday discussing all of uh this these week's games and uh probably either um freaking out colson or or calming them down one of the two or both you know one and then the other right sometimes it's a classic episode you get both yeah (laughs) Sometimes we take turns on who's doing what, but uh, <laughs> um, but until then, we, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message, and you can send us an email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. Um, and you can support us on our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash Undebeatables. Uh, for as little as a dollar per month. And we got t-shirts on the site slash store. For the godfather slash architect, Donnie Walsh. For a once and always coach, now in the Hall of Fame, Bobby Sicklinard. Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> Sneak attack. Yeah, yeah. So using that old LeBron James change of pace on us. Let's see what you oh, do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, as long as all the paces are slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have we gotten in the new metrics for uh, uh, our podcast stats? Because I know last season, Colson was definitely the slowest of, mm-hmm. the, of all the podcasters. But... I assume it's still the same. But. I assume so. Right. It is, but that's a good thing, you know. That means he's uh, he's he's ready to strike when it's mm, when it, that's true when, it, right. when he needs it. We don't want to risk injury by overworking him. That's right. <laughs> Being the slowest is right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Touche. So, do you think we're gonna? Do you think we're gonna get in like? Uh, Emails from all of your mothers to say that you guys were their was her favorite. Oh, my mom Whatever. doesn't like me well enough to listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me? It's been a running joke in my family that my sister's been the favorite for like my entire life, basically. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's it stops being a joke when it uh, keeps coming up, huh? I mean, starts to feel a little truthy. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Just keep moving. I'll just keep moving. Your sister, your sister is pretty awesome. She's great, but is she this great? I don't know. 